Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. From the offices of Create and Cultivate, this is Work Party, a podcast for women who are redefining the meaning of work on their own terms. In each episode, we tap experts on topics that matter most to the modern working woman, whether you are running the show or working your side hustle. We're bringing in leading female entrepreneurs to share their stories with you. Are you ready to create and cultivate the career of your dreams? Well, welcome to Work Party, the podcast. So raise your hand if you know what Work Party, the podcast is. Yes, thank you guys. So for those of you that don't know, that is our podcast called Work Party based on my book. And it's all about creating and cultivating the career of your dreams. And we have a very special live episode happening today. Um, So today's guest needs no introduction. His work as the Fab Five style guy on Netflix, Queer Eye, yes, give it up, Queer Eye! Has made him a cultural icon, teaching us not only how to dress like a boss, but be a boss. So he's broken down barriers in both business and media, and I cannot wait for you guys to hear his full story. So can we please, please, please give a big work party welcome to Tan France. Hi, everyone. You guys, you all look so cute. You turned it out. You look incredible. Yes. Was anyone nervous about what they're wearing today? Me? Hello? Oh, no, you don't know what the Let's do a demonstration. But I don't know if these pants can do it. Because it's a half hour. Do you know what it is? Do you know how to do it? Can you, with a crop top, It's so simple. You You can't do it with that. See? uh, see? No. I failed. Mm. Okay. Who's excited? Okay. (laughs) This guy. I'm nervous. It's fine. Okay. Queer Eye season three. Yeah. Cannot wait. We're going to binge watch it all together, but can you give us any, like, secrets? So you're, you're doing women now, which is very exciting. Yes. Yes. Um, okay, season three. Uh, did, did we enjoy season one, season two? It's good, right? Uh, okay, I love season one, season two. I really do. However, what you need to know is this. Season one, season two, it seems like I've known those boys for 17 years. I have not. At that point, I knew them for like three days. And so it seems like we've known each other forever. We we, we really didn't. So now, and we shot season one, season two, back to back. Season three, I've known those boys for now two and a half years. And those idiots are 
my closest friends. And so now this shit is so good. Like you have no idea. Also, we take on women for the first time. Yeah, I mean, I can't wait. I don't know we had Mama Tummy. I know we had Mama Tummy and she was one of my favorites. I love her so much. She was incredible. However, these stories from these women are so powerful. We have our first lesbian, who's incredible. <laughs> Woo, indeed. Um, and uh, actually, the, our first episode with uh, a female, just you'll see it, episode one, season three, just that's going to hook you within 10 minutes and you're going to be obsessed. You're going to watch the whole season. You're going to go nuts. It's incredible. You'll binge it in a day. Goodbye to all my Saturdays. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I want to talk pre-queer eye. Wait. Okay, go. I want her that she's got probably 25 questions. I'm going to let her get through three. I can't wait. I talk a lot. You'll handle it. Okay. We just got back from Japan, you guys. And we just shot four episodes that, believe me, you are going to fucking freak. <laughs> like, this shit is insane. You know, when you, you know when you do your best work at your jobs and you're like, I can't do any better. I'm going to have to leave this job and go somewhere else because there's nothing more I can do here. Japan showed us that we can go fucking anywhere and crush it. Like, these episodes are so beautiful. You know I don't cry during the show. I really don't. This episode, I, this season, I cry. Every five minutes, you'll see me and Anthony crying in a corner. I, 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 you just, I can't handle it. It's so good. Oh, I can't so wait good. not to see you cry. But I mean, I want to see you cry. But I'm so excited. I'm a really cute crier. You I mean, of course it. you are. Yeah. I'm like, your hair is everything I wanted it to be in person. I like, okay. No, here's the thing. This humidity is screwing with my hair so <laughs> badly. So badly. I was hoping it'd be nice and cold here. It is so humid. Oh, no. We're cutting through the air. Oh, it is a lot. Okay. So m m people might not know this about you, but you're a business owner. Yeah. Yes. So you have a clothing line for women called Kingdom and State. Yeah. Okay. Not tell anymore. Okay. Tell us about it. So I, ha I started a women's wear brand about 10 years ago in my mid-twenties, and, uh, and I desperately wanted to work in women's fashion. I love women's fashion. I wanted to have brands that would cater to a different market. I wanted uh, to be able to offer size ranges that weren't being offered in the places I was going to. I wanted to offer a brand that seemed more positive for regular girls, so our, our shoots were always just real people. I'd find them on the street, and be like, bitch, you hot, like, let's shoot. Um, and so the first couple, okay, do, are any of you business owners here? Yes. Great. I know how hard it is. Believe me, those first couple of years are hellacious. I know. However, I, st I, I panicked for the first couple of years thinking, oh my God, I'm going to be broke for the rest of my life. And I quit my really well-paying job to start a business. However, after a couple of years of me not being able to afford coffee or yes. a burger, um, I realized that if I really stuck with it and I really persevered, I could, I could get there. So we're about two years in. Um, I struggled in the second year, Forever 21 picked up my line, and then that changed Thanks. my life. Um, and then I created three more brands, and I worked so hard that by the age of 33, this bitch retired. <laughs> this bitch retired. Show me what other queen did that. Like, uh-uh. And let me tell you, that gave me an opportunity to be on Queer Eye. So I retired. A few days later, I got a call from Netflix saying do you want to be on a TV show? And I was like, no. No, I do not. I want to enjoy my life. I want to just sit back and chill. But I'm so glad I said yes, because now I'm having the time of my life. Everything happens for a reason. That's Every right. Yeah. And I think that's such an incredible thing to share with everyone. It is so hard to run a company. And like, obviously looking at you now, everyone's like, he's made it so successful. 
there's so much that goes into that and so many ebbs and flows and good things and bad things. But speaking of the Fab Five, so this season on Work Party, we're focusing on teams and, and yeah. sort of team ships, like the relationships with your teams. Yeah. Obviously, you guys, like you said, look like you've known each other for 100 years. You're the best of friends. But team dynamics are very real. Yeah. How do you keep it all in check? How do you level set respect? How do you make it all look so easy? <sighs> okay. We are mostly women in this audience, and I would like to talk to you about This is going to be a hard one to hear, and I need to talk to you about it. Please don't come for me afterwards. I don't need anyone to sign to my DMs and be like, you're a bitch. I need to... Uh, because... Okay, are you mostly women? Are you mostly women? Are you mostly... okay? Okay. Can all the men stand up? So yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's mostly the, women. No. The, the, okay. Here's the thing. <laughs> I, and I'm also gonna stand. <laughs> I have a new book coming out. Um, it's coming out in a few months. It's called Naturally Tan, and I want you to read it for this chapter. If you don't want to read it for any other chapter, I want you to read it for this chapter alone. It's how to be a boss, how to run a successful business. And, and it's not about making sure, I mean, yes, your product has to be great. Yes, you have to know what you're doing in order to run a business. However, it's about your team. Now, I could be sued for this, so maybe don't post this part. I only hire women. I love me some men. Yes! I love me some men, but I've only ever hired women. Every one of my employees was female. And it's not because I'm prejudiced against men. I love me some men, clearly. However, <laughs> however, men get enough opportunities. Let's diversify. So... My only issue is, bear with me. Just let me get to the end of the sentence before anybody calls me a cunt. So, <laughs> when you have a business of mostly women, before I started my business, I was mostly surrounded by women. I worked in fashion. And women, the women that I was working with, they were always knocking each other down. It's, it, I'm sorry, I know, that we, I know that that's not what we're putting out there anymore, but that was the case. Like seven or eight years ago, ten years ago, that was the case. The, but women used to fight each other to make sure that they were being seen, and I know that it's because there weren't that many opportunities available for women at the top. I get it. However, when I started my business, I wish my assistant was here to tell you this because she's been with me for many, many years. Uh, I have this thing that I do on their first day. It's called How to Not Be a Bitch at Work. And I talk about it in my book, and I tell you how to do this. And I make it very clear to my every employee that walks through my door that starts with me, if you are the person that's bitching about people at the office, they're not going to get fired. I'm firing you. You are the bad yes. seed in my, in my business. I need you to uplift them. You are not in competition with those other women. I need you to focus on yourself. You denigrating somebody else isn't going to help you get promoted. That's going to see you get out of the door. I need, you to I need you to focus on those other women and say, this person does this, this, and this well, and that's helping, helping the business. I don't want to be the person that you're moaning to saying, well, this girl did this, and that girl did this, and she said this about this person. I couldn't care less. I'm here to work, we're here to work, we're not in competition with each other, work your ass off, and that's how you be promoted. And one other point, and I can say this because I am a gay man, men are busy trying to bring women down enough. Like, you don't need to be the reason you are brought down. You do not need to be the reason why you're fucking trolled by people. Men are doing a great job at that. Those fuckers have got your... Those fuckers are ready to tear you down at every moment. Like, maybe be each other's, like, wing men, for goodness sake. Wing women. Absolutely. So one of the things that we have on Work Party is collaboration over competition. And it is so true. I think there's been this narrative for far too long. Specific, I mean, one of the questions I have for you is fashion. Such a cutthroat industry. And, like, obviously, devil wears Prada, la, 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 la. We've all seen it. Obsessed. I mean, the best. Um, but the worst. But... 
I think it's so important that we're starting to change the narrative of, of what yeah. women on women on women crime were over it, yeah. right? Like we're all here together. Everyone waited in line together. We, you know, like I said at the beginning, introduce yourself to someone you don't know. It's so important. Yeah. So. And surround yourself with women who are encouraging positivity. Like that, we all know those uh, those bad apples in a group. We all know that this person's constantly moaning. This person's constantly bitching about our friends. Cut her out. You don't need that Cut person in your life. Out. I'm a big, big, big fan of phasing negative people out of my life or ghosting negative people out of my life. Try it. It actually makes your life a lot better. If you find that somebody in your group is not encouraging you to be a better person, a better woman, a better, a, a better sister, yeah. get her out. Yeah. Bye. somebody else's problem. So you're one of the few openly gay South Asian men on television. Yes. What was that like? I mean, obviously there was an outpouring of love for the show, but... I mean, that's that's kind of taking on a lot, too. So yeah. what was that reaction like for you? Being the first of anything is is really hard. Uh, there's so much pressure when you're the first at something because people see you as the voice of that community. And so I'm really jealous of Anthony, Bobby, and Jonathan um, because when they speak, they just get to speak as Anthony, Jonathan, uh, Jonathan and Bobby. I speak as every Muslim as every brown person, of every immigrant, as every gay person, I'm like, bitch, no, it's just me. Like, it's just, I'm speaking as Tan France only, but the press will insist that, oh, all brown people must think this because Tan thinks it and he's the only one we really see. That, that, that pressure is insane. It really is hard to be in an industry when there aren't a, a plethora of you because people are then looking to you for representation of that, that community. So I'm, I'm hoping that, with tides are turning that especially companies like Netflix are encouraging diversity more than ever and I hope that continues because I don't want to be the only one that's a lot of hard work yeah. it's a lot of hard work I'm sick of pretending to be perfect like it I'm not <laughs> I'm really not and sometimes I don't want to do my fucking hair but I have to because they're like we expect it you have to yeah <laughs> and no, sometimes it's just to put a fucking hat on can you put a hat on no they okay. don't let me <laughs> Netflix doesn't let me. Season four hat. That's going to be, I mean, let's let's try it. Okay. I just want a hat. So one of the things, that, so fashion's super cutthroat, but it's also very intimidating, right? Like yeah. fashion, you look at the runway, you look at models, and you're like, that's not me. That can't be me. I can't pull that off. You really on the show get to the why. Yeah. Which I think is so important. But tell us why you get to the why. I... It, this is a hard one because I do love fashion. I love watching a runway. I really do. And sitting on the side of a runway and actually watching it live, there's no better thrill. Like that feeling is, is, is just incredible. However, I see it for what it is. I see it as entertainment. I don't expect uh, to look like those people on the runway. I don't expect to buy those clothes on the runway. That shit costs a lot. You don't have to worry about getting an overdraft so you can buy that your favorite new purse. Like I think that's insane. Um, so I treat I treat fashion and style truly as mutually exclusive. Yes, I love a hot trend. If I'm, I'm if I'm looking at buying a hot trend, I'll buy a more accessible version, and I will make sure that I'm styling it out a way that makes it look like it's as high end as I want it to be. So somebody, somebody's very excited. Do you need to? Your friends are waving you. Do you want to come over? Come on. You got it. You got it. Walk it. Do a twirl. Do a twirl. Do a twirl. You nice. Oh, my God. I love a fringe. I love a fringe. So good. She's like, I'm going to run away now. <laughs> Gang's all here now. Great. 
Um, okay, so yeah, I, I treat fashion style very, very differently. Um, unless you are that person who has tens of millions of dollars and you can afford a new uh, Chanel handbag every week, more power to you, great. But I see style as something way, 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 way more important. The amount of people I see, is, I'm in a very, very, very privileged position now when I, where I do see a lot of these people who make a fortune. And so they are wear, they're dripping in designer shit. They look terrible. <laughs> they look batshit crazy. And I just think, I spent $150 on my look and I look better than you do, so more fool you. <laughs> Don't think that just because you spent $10,000 on your lot, you can look some better than somebody else. So my, my point is, don't be, I know this is so cliche, but don't be a slave to fashion. Find those things that work for you and then style it out in a way that works for you. I, there are so many things that I don't wear because I'm in my mid-30s. Uh, it's not going to work for me. I just don't think it's appropriate to work for me. So I find the trends that I love. I stick with those. I don't think, oh, this is all in fashion now. I've got to put it all on, on at once. That happens to me too. I hate when you pull something out that you bought like in your 20s and you're like, this, too old. It, like, yeah. It happens. Yeah. However, I do like to believe that because I've got beautifully brown skin that I can pull off certain things that somebody else of my age can't. <laughs> Okay, so I fucked up the French tuck earlier, but who taught you the French tuck? And tell us what the French tuck is. Nobody taught me the French tuck. Did you make up? Are you no, the inventor God, of the French no, tuck? No, 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 no. For the record. No, absolutely not. Uh, I, and I want to make this very clear. I think it was started by the hottest, most coolest fashion girls in France, which is probably why it's called the French tuck. But when I was like 16, 17, I'm vertically challenged. I am... Five nine. People, when they meet me, I think they're expecting me to be five one or five two because I'm stood next to white giants most of the time. Uh, Jonathan is, I think, five five, and uh, and all the other boys are over six. Sorry, um, six five. All the other boys are over six. Sorry, yeah. All the other. Oh, he was really high. You were like, whoa. No, all the other boys are over six feet tall, and so they make me look tiny. I'm actually not that small. However, I still am shorter, and so I do. I use all the tricks I can to make myself seem taller. And so when I, if this t-shirt were just hanging down there, I would look like a tiny little thing. When I tuck it in a little bit at the front, it just, it elongates my body and it gives me the, so like the shit I want. Like it gives me the body I want. Yes. Yeah. So you mentioned your book earlier. Yeah. I want to talk a little bit, um, one, about the book and what we can expect. But also, you know, you talk about dressing like a boss, but not everyone's a boss. A lot of people are interviewing for jobs. Yeah. What tips do you have for people to go into a job interview these days where it's not like suit life every day to yeah. feel confident and yeah. go in and nail the interview? Okay. Research. I had, um, I had many, many jobs. I was fired from so many jobs. Uh, I had probably almost 30. I can't remember exactly how many, but I had between 25 and 30 jobs between the age of 21 and 25, I got fired a lot. I was a terrible employee. Um, uh, uh, here's the thing. I, I think I was a really good employee, actually. I just think that my bosses were terrible and that they just did, couldn't handle my shine. Um, but what I did to get every one of those jobs, and I usually had decent jobs. What I did was I did research beforehand. Find out what the culture is in that office. Find out what people in more senior positions are wearing. Because I... I was a typical millennial. I wanted to be a director of a company before I ever had any experience in that job. And so, so I found out what those high-level jobs were wearing, those people in those high-level jobs were wearing, and I would think, okay, I'm going to wear something similar to that. So I did my due diligence. And then I'd go to that interview looking like somebody quite senior. However, 
I never wore, let's say, for example, if it was a kind of job that was a nine to five and I thought, well, it, it's got to be a suit. No, if it's not a suit that you want to wear, if you don't feel comfortable in a suit, find a way to make it work for you. So if it was a regular suit that everybody else was wearing, I don't like regular suits and I don't want to wear chunky shoes. I want to wear a nice sneaker with it. So find a way to make it you. I know you want to fit in at work and you want to seem like you're a good team player, but that doesn't mean you have to take away elements that truly make you who you are. I want to stand out from the crowd. So I find little ways of doing it without it being inappropriate or disrespectful to the business. So use your style to highlight parts of your personality. But remember, you still work for another company. Like you, It's not your agenda at work. It's the business's agenda. You've got to represent your, the business that you work for. So add in parts of your personality, but don't go batshit crazy. So obviously you're in the fashion industry, but you worked retail early on. Yeah. And do you think it's important to kind of see every aspect of the industry you want yeah. to be in? Yeah, actually this was, um, my dad was an entrepreneur. My grandparents were entrepreneurs and they taught me something very, very early on. He didn't sit me down and say, son, I need you to hear this. But just in general, I heard him say, I want to learn everything. I want to do everything. I'm like, oh, well, what does that mean? Um, and over time, I realized he was willing to do every little facet of his business, even though he didn't have to. He ran those companies, but he wanted to learn every facet. So he knew, but first of all, actually, he was doing it because he was cheap and he wanted to make <laughs> sure that his his employees were working as productively as possible. And he, and he knew how long it took to do a job. And if it was taking somebody six hours instead of three, he's like, you're terrible and you need to leave. And what are you doing all day? So that taught me very, very early on, I wanted to learn every facet of my business. So I started out in retail. I folded clothes. I worked out how a stockroom worked. I then went to a bigger company where I found out how to be a buyer. I found out how to merchandise. And then I found out exactly how to run a company. I was a senior director of a company. I found out every single facet of that business. So that as soon as I started my business, and those of you who own businesses, as we know, it's so hard those first few years. The last thing you need is massive payroll bills. I wanted to make sure that I could do most of those jobs myself so that I didn't have to pay somebody a fortune. I could do it all myself and save those profits myself and build my business. And if you're wondering, hey, Tan, how did you retire at 33? That's how. I didn't hire a massive team of people. I know you want to feel like a boss, so you hire loads of people and think, oh, my God, my staff's so big. Yeah, you're paying a fortune, dumbass. Like... <laughs> Do some of that work yourself. Like uh, I, the amount of times I see, this is my friends, and I'm very candid with my friends. Some of them start businesses. I'm like, you are a moron. You took a loan out of $100,000, and you are using almost every penny of that to pay for staff. Why don't you stop pretending to be a boss and taking pictures of you in Saint-Tropez? Get to work and actually do that job. Like, do every part of that. I cleaned... My, I cleaned my office until like three years ago just to show I'm, I, we're not above anything. Guys, are you writing this down? This is priceless information here. I mean, everything you're saying, I'm like, yes, yes. No, it's so true. And I was on a panel the other day and I thought this was such a good piece of advice. They said, when I'm starting my company, what do I need? And she, her answer was an army of freelancers. Yes. And I was like, absolutely. Keep that payroll tight. If you're starting a business and you don't know that business, first and foremost, why are you starting that business? <laughs> But then Don't. secondly, why do you have five full-time employees? Get freelancers, get consultants. You don't need full-time employees when you're first starting your business. That's insane. Great. Take I agree. it from somebody who knows. If you weren't working in fashion and entertainment, what would you be doing? Ooh. I've never had that question before. This is when I, I mean, look, I'm really good at this. <laughs> okay. Well, two answers. You are. Two answers. 
I would have been retired. So I would have been sat Sandra at home. Bay. I want six children, and I'm not joking. I want six children, so I would have been at home with my six children. I live in Utah, um, and they have very large families. There are very, very, very many Mormons there, and they love large families. And I come from a big family, so I wanted my six kids. My agreement with my husband is this. We will have four. He will only allow me to have four. So It's a good meet in the middle. Yeah, we're going to have four. So I would either do that or... I really want Jonathan's job. I wanted to do hair. And I think I'd be killer at it. I'm ready. Like, yeah. we're ready. Uh, sometimes I will straighten Jonathan's hair before an episode. <laughs> we have a full team of glam. and like, no, bitch, I've got, I got your this. hair. I, and I do it. So nobody straightens hair like I straighten hair. Like, I can get all those little curly bits at the front, like, so perfectly. It's so... I was practicing on my sisters from when I was, like, 13. It's amazing. Yeah. Okay, well, we'll keep an eye out for that. Okay, so we're going to do some rapid-fire questions. Love rapid-fire. Turn up the heat. Okay. Yes. Don't turn up the heat. I'm fucking <laughs> Turn on I'm the AC. fucking shit. <laughs> okay, what's your hidden talent? Oh. Okay, I can't show you it because I, I struggle to do it now, but back in the day, I hated PE. Do you call it PE here at school? Yes. PE. Yeah. Okay. I hated PE so, 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 so much. But I learned very, very early on that I could pop my, my arm out of my shoulder socket. Nope. Like, dramatically, where you could physically see, oh, shit, oh. something happened to this guy. And so I'd go up to my gym teacher from, like, 11, and I'd pop it out. I'm like, I'm still injured. I can't, I can't, I can't possibly climb that rope. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Who's the biggest jokester on set? Two. Oh, it depends what you mean by jokester. Who is constantly making me laugh every day? That fucking moron Jonathan Van Ness. That, that douchebag has his hands up my top, down my top. He's, that boy's obsessed with my nipples. Like, he drives me insane. Like, actually, okay, bit of BTS for you. If ever you notice that there's five of us in a scene, and then about 30 seconds into watching the episode, it cuts me and Jonathan out, it's because Jonathan has his hand up my shirt. <laughs> and, that, and we can't show it on the show. So, and it happens, and we also, okay, it's one other piece of uh, information that you might want to know. I'm sure this is why you wanted to hear me speak the behind the scenes of Queer Eye. Um, the shit that you never get to hear anywhere else. Um, we have what we call a talent wrangler. Most shows don't have this. A talent wrangler is the person, they usually have it on kids' shows. Or shows where they've got a lot of animals. This person usually wrangles these people to make sure they're all on set when they need to be on set and they're all facing the camera when they need to face and they are on. We have that. We are between 32 and 40. We have a fucking talent wrangler because the, the, all you will hear all day, we're often on set for 12 hours. All you hear all day on set is, Tan, get off Jonathan's lap. Or, Jonathan, get your hand out of his shirt. We all, everybody, focus on the damn camera. That, we could shoot our show in three hours a day. It takes 12 hours a day because of those <laughs> morons. Oh my God, I love it so much. Okay. Who's someone whose style you admire? <sighs> I'm obsessed with Victoria Beckham. Oh, I love who it so isn't? much. Oh my God, I've got a story. Can I, have we got time? Oh yeah, you're good, you're good. Okay. Um, I mean, I want to hear this. Okay. This is so a total fucking brag, and I'm so, oh, I swear a lot. I should have said that at the, at the start. I'm sorry. It's loud. Um, this is a total brag, but I've got to tell you. I want to see everyone. Okay, are we all Spice Girls fans? Okay. Did you know they're coming back? I don't work for them. Do you know that they're coming back? Okay. So they've got a, they've got a tour in June. 
Okay, so I was in London a couple of weeks ago. We, I just flew back from Japan, went to London to do Queer Eye Press. I was only there for a couple of days, and somebody on Victoria's team saw that I was in the UK. So they messaged me and said, hey, Victoria, we'd like to invite you to a private dinner. I was like, I've only been in this for a year. Like, that kind of shit still shocks me. It would truly be as if one of you got a DM from somebody one day saying, hey, do you want to come to Beyonce's house? Like, that's how, <laughs> that's how insane that feeling is. And so I got this D uh, DM. I'm like, that can't be real. Pass it to my agent. And they're like, no, no, it's real. She's got something tonight. Private dinner, 40 people. Do you want to go? Yes, I want to go. Of course I want to go. So car picked me up, got to the event, walked in. I was very, very late. Um, I was freaking out about what to wear. It's Victoria Beckham. And uh, this music, so we were all sat around. Music came on. There was a, um, a dance floor on the side. Music came on. It was four drag queens. And it was uh, wannabe, if you want to be my lover. These four drag queens dressed as the other Spice Girls. Then Victoria Beckham got up. Okay. Do you all remember when she used to dance, she used to do this. This. Always. Always. <laughs> I don't know what was going on with this hand, but she always... She looked over at me and she was like, Tan? And I was like, bitch, yes, I know. <laughs> what are we doing? I will go where you want to go. Lead me to wherever you are. I am yours. Do whatever you want with me. Don't think I haven't noticed your fucking husband. Yes, I will sleep with him if that's what you want. <laughs> that's not what she wanted. Walked over, grabbed my pointy hand, and I danced with the Spice Girls to a Spice Girls song. You can drop the mic. You can drop the mic. I know. <laughs> that is my claim to fame. No matter what I achieve in my life, even in 10, 15 years, you see me doing something epic, just know nothing tops that. Nothing tops that. Nothing tops that. This is my last question, but I don't know if it's going to top that. Okay, who is your guilty Instagram follow? Okay, I'm a very happily married man. I keep getting up. It's because I can't see you at the back. No, I love it. I'm just, just so we're clear, I'm a very, very, very happily married man. Rob, I love you if you can see this. I'm so sorry. You know how I feel. I follow two... No, I don't follow these people. I secretly stalk these people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We're familiar. Okay, I am 35. This person, I believe, is 20. Sean <laughs> Mendes, if you want to marry me, I will marry you. I live in Utah, where they're allowed, I think, more than one partner. I know I'm old enough to be your father, but I will happily marry you. Okay, and then second one, a brown person already swiped this person up. Priyanka Chopra, I'm coming oh. for you. You guys. Nick fucking Jonas. Here's the thing. I don't usually go for younger men. I've never got, my husband's a lot older. I only go for grown men, but these two bitches are so fine. So fine. Give it up. So fine. Oh wait, no, I've got a third wait, one. Third, third. My number one, my absolute number one, Michael B. Jordan, Michael B. Jordan, Michael <laughs> B. Jordan. However, the reason why I can't say that usually anymore is because I think he put a restraining out, uh, order mm -hmm. out against me. It happens. Yeah, because I keep talking about my obsession for him. Well, next time we'll have a panel with all of, all of you guys. It's not allowed. They, <laughs> they won't it's let me near illegal. them. Work Party listener exclusive. We're launching a members-only platform on createcultivate.com. Become a Create and Cultivate insider to get exclusive digital mentor sessions, hours of archived panel conversations from our previous conferences, plus future conferences, front-of-line passes for our pop-ups around the country, 
early access to our always sold out events, top-notch downloadable business resources from experts, and so much more. If you sign up to become a member before the official launch date on April 2nd, use code EARLYINSIDER for 10% off your annual membership. That's code EARLYINSIDER for 10% off your annual membership. Head to CrateCultivate.com to get all the Crate and Cultivate Insider goods now. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Work Party, the podcast. If you felt inspired and learned something new, let us know in a review on iTunes and check us out on social at Work Party. For every episode, we have downloadable resources available on WorkParty.com so you can put these tips and tools into action for your own business. Thanks again for listening. And as always, work hard, party on.